Hey everybody, and welcome to Libromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. I'm Josh, and today I'm going to be talking about The Toll, the third book in the Ark of a Scythe by Neil Schusterman. So let's resound with the magic of books. So in a non-spoilery section, I really love this book. I had an incredibly tough time putting it down. I started it. It hooked me very quickly, and then I continued reading it uh, until way too late in the night, and I finished the book, and then I uh, wrote down all my thoughts about it. It was a great book. Really loved it. There were a couple nitpicks that I have, and again, whenever I, I say these things that I don't like about the book, just remember, they are nitpicks, and I I did enjoy it. These are very small things that I just noticed as I was reading them and that I wanted to share. So, again, it was super good. And if you remember last time I talked about how the Ark of a Scythe is a very appropriate series title for this series, that the first book really kind of is that that build up, And then the second book is kind of where you're like hitting the back end of your swing, and then you start swinging your scythe down. This book really does go full blast from start to finish. And it was amazing. So I really think in, in that kind of a way, he pulled off that Ark of a Scythe theory there that uh, it goes straight through. So very good. Let's see. So I'm really excited to read some other books by Neil Schusterman and see how I feel about them. I really liked them. You know, the plot went about as I was expecting it would go, which is good. The characters are continue to be great. His writing continues to be this clean, crisp writing that really draws you in and gives you exactly what you need without feeling over the top, even if it might be. You know, my interest, obviously, I loved this book. Everything that was happening, I could understand. It all made sense, and it was so exciting. You know, and this one, I really I really thought he had some very excellent epigraphs, and at the same time, I thought some of these ones in this book were quite dreadful to me. I did not enjoy some of them. But on the whole, I did I did really like them. So I think we're going to have to just move into spoilers here. It's too good of a book, and there's too much to talk about without trying, with trying not to spoil anything. So let's just start off with our characters. Now, in this book, we really don't see a ton of Citra, Terranova, or Anastasia, Scythe Anastasia, and Rowan. We do see them, and we do get a lot of their points of view, but not as much as I would have liked. I really, really liked that the first book kind of was more Citra, and then the second book was more Rowan. Meanwhile, we're still seeing you know both of their sides and sides from other people, of course. So I was really hoping that this third book would be you know, Citra and Rowan together doing things, because as we know, in the end of the second book, they are together. And I, I was really hoping for that, and I didn't get it. And I was a little disappointed by that, but at the same time, I really liked what we were given. I loved seeing Grayson Tolliver as the Toll. Yeah, a couple of things he did, you know, taking over the Toll of them and kind of being weird and like, I'm going to be the only voice to the Thunderhead, which he was. But that felt really weird to me that he would choose to do that versus just trying to help more people. But yeah, I'm guessing it was, you know, things that are offset off screen that the Thunderhead maybe told him like the, the Tonists are important. And we do see later on that the Tonists are very, very important. So, and then, uh, okay. So 
in the book, they said, you know, whether it's five years or a hundred years, you'll be free. You'll be safe in this t- this tomb and you'll be brought out and you can be revived. And so I was not expecting them to be rescued, you know, within within a year and then come out into the world within three years. I was expecting like five years, ten years, a hundred years before they get uh, dug up and then they come out and they do the same things they did. But so I'm not opposed to that. Um, it just wasn't exactly what I was expecting. So now one character, I have to say Jerry or Jericho. I, I like this character, but I had a small issue with this character. Now the character, the thing that I have an issue with is that she is, he, she, he is gender fluid. Now that's not what I have an issue with. The problem with this I have is that this felt like a really well done character, very well thought out, very well portrayed, but it felt kind of out of nowhere to me that maybe we'd gotten hints of the Madagascans and their ways before, but now we're seeing it. So I I wish there had been either a little bit more foreshadowing that Jericho was coming or that this is kind of how it was. It, It just felt tossed in there. But like I said, Jericho herself himself felt excellent. I loved their scenes. I loved the way they acted and their thoughts. Beautiful. Well done. Just the character itself felt a little thrown in. Almost like, to me, it it felt like they had taken kind of a a love interest for Toll, for the Toll or Grayson, and like the captain of the salvage ship. And then we're like, ah, this is too many characters. And so they just merged them into one which whatever i i don't know how this this character was written but that was my only complaint about them they were great in all the scenes they were in i love their motives their desires it was great now scythe faraday he has found the atoll islands he is there but he can't get in because he doesn't have a second scythe ring and I just really had a hard time seeing him be the one to say, I give up. I'm just going to live here and do my own thing. You know, the Thunderhead's bringing all this stuff in, but I'm just going to be on my own and kind of pout and whine. And I, you know, I can see it. You've been trying and you can't get in and now you're stuck. But I just, I never pictured him as a quitter. And that's really what it felt like he did to me was he just quit. So, other than that, you know, love Faraday. He was always, always a great one. Man, Rand and Goddard. Yeah, Goddard started out as my least favorite character, I have to say. Of course, he's meant to be. You're, you're supposed to dislike him. He takes, he does mask leanings. And, you know, it's very ruthless. And everyone can see that in the reading side. But Rand, she is way worse than Goddard. Because she self-justifies everything that he does and everything that he does, everything that Goddard does and everything that she does for Goddard to make it all okay in her mind. You know, she knows that what she is doing is wrong and that the way she gleans and the way that Goddard gleans is not right and that he is a perversion of what is supposed to be. She knows it because she's visiting Tiger in the archive so she could talk with him who's dead and... I thought that was a great little piece of world building, by the way. But she knows, and she's so dissatisfied with her life since she brought him back. She's realizing how little he actually cares for her, and she refuses to 
stand up for herself and look at him unobjectively, even in the end. She's like, oh, well, I just did it because Goddard, you know, was going to, I don't want to be associated with him anymore. Really? No, it's because you know he's doing something bad, but you can't admit it to yourself. So, uh, Loriana, I really liked her, the Nimbus agent who kind of takes shadow control over the island and is running things behind the actual, when quotates, quotations, leader. Um, That was really great. Uh, The Thunderhead. I love the personality of the Thunderhead. I can't break this rule, so I'm just going to merely suggest strongly that you should travel. Maybe go on a walk. Maybe visit another tone. And then he puts him in a bath. He's like, draw me a bath, Thunderhead. And the Thunderhead starts the bath, and, and the water is super scalding hot. And I'm like, oh man, Grayson, you're in hot water. Get it? And Grayson doesn't get it. And it was just hilarious. And then he figures out, oh, it's a scythe coming to get me because... The Thunderhead can't talk to me right now because I'm in the presence of a scythe and it can't interfere. So, love the characters. Um, One other thing about Citra and Rowan. I loved that their love persists. That they care for each other. They truly love each other. They want to be together. They work towards it. They fight for it. They do everything they can. I was a little hesitant to say that yes, Citra would just give up being a scythe and Rowan would give up being a scythe just for them to be together on the spaceship. Of course. I mean, it seems like every book I read recently, the last couple have all ended in a spaceship taking colonists off world. And I'm not going to spoil what other book it was, but I, you know, it seems to be a common thing now. So it felt like she was changing, giving it up. But you know, when you look at it, she really is just, focusing on what's always been important to her, and that's Rowan. You know, the Scythe thing was important to her, but not as important as that. So that one didn't really throw me off too much. But yes, the spaceships that he's building, because we learn that Goddard has been behind all, and some other Scythes, but mainly Goddard has been behind all of the space age failures. The Mars colony was a mask leaning. The moon... The orbital station, the reason he's always going after scientists related to space in the first book, it all makes sense. Because in his arrogant, stupid little mind, if the humanity expands to the stars, then there's no need for scythes. And it's like, well, you know, maybe that's true. Maybe there is no need for scythes. But like, it's not your call, man. You should have just stayed in your lane. You should have never been made a scythe in the first place. You're a horrible excuse for a human being, and I'm glad that you're dead. Very glad. Very glad he died. The final death in the end. And I love that Rand brought Tiger back. Even though it's not Tiger's head, she still is able to supplant that and put him back with the Thunderhead's help, I'm assuming. So I I thought it was really good. Now, I'd been told that the ending was really weird, that this book is much different than the other ones. I didn't feel that too much. Now, maybe it was it was different, but it wasn't as weird as I was kind of expecting it to be. But I can see where it would turn people off. You know, the Thunderhead building spaceships, and then the scythe rings all exploding and creating the black nanites, I guess is what I'll call them, that, that call 5% of the population, you know, indefinitely every 20 years, which I thought was kind of weird when I was first reading it. I was like, wow, they only go off once every 20 years? That's weird. Like, I kind of thought they'd be going off 
slowly and like they'd kill 5% over a 20 year period. But oh well, that was really good. I like that failsafe. I mean, why trust, why even trust the scythe? They, they couldn't even last 260 years before screwing things up for themselves. I mean, maybe it's an amazement that they got to 260 years, but only 260 years. Man, I honestly, I thought that the age of mortals was much farther back. And maybe I shouldn't have thought that because it does tell us lots of things that are relatively recent. But to me, it was like a thousand years back. And so, man, I was, that was cool though. I like that there's a tone that goes off, it breaks all the rings, and then kind of everybody's available to, to die. So, and I loved, I love that the, the Thunderhead creates is AI. And we've been seeing it through the epigraphs that he's trying. And the first ones are abject failures. And then they start getting better. And then they start getting better. And then he finally gets one right after he kind of possesses Jerry and has a human experience and can feel it. And then he, cre- the Thunderhead creates Cirrus, Cirrus Alpha. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. Like, and this, this AI is not bound by any of the laws. So it can talk to scythes, it can work death, it can grab the to- the dead who have been gleaned and stuff them on a spaceship to be a colony ship for the future, you know. That was really cool, well thought out, like, yeah, how are you going to get so many people on these spaceships to last so long, this journey of a thousand years, a couple hundred years? The way you do it is you have them be dead already as cargo, you revive them, you supplant their memories and their new colonists. That was amazing. I did was a little confused. Like you did leave a single, you didn't leave a single Cirrus on uh, on Earth with a Thunderhead, so he could kind of like have somebody else to hang out with, and uh, you know, war them if a Scythe was on their way at the last second. No, ah, well, that's that's very foolish. And that was the one mistake that Thunderhead made was sending all the Cirruses into space. We're not creating an extra one to hang out with. So um, I loved it. It was such a fun book. Like I said, I really had a hard time putting it down. I loved Anastasia and her videos going through all of the space wreckage and showing like, hey, look, here's Goddard. Here's where the Thunder had said, can't retrieve the bodies because it was a scythe that did it. And it was just amazing. All of the parts coming together and finishing out in the end strong it was a great ending to a a great series. I'm really excited that I read it. So I was, I wanted to just say, poor, poor Astrid, the tonist. You know, she believed so hard and she's the only one on that rocket ship for a thousand years. Oh boy, that is going to be a long, long time. And poor Rowan. Again, they have time to be together on the spaceship and Citra gets killed by some shrapnel. Now, luckily, they still make it on the plane. I thought maybe that was like a signal they weren't going to make it. But they, you know, he did, but he wasn't able to revive her. Uh, I felt for poor Rowan. Uh, that just his conversations with Cirrus. It was so funny. Cirrus, his favorite phrase, I know what it is, even in just such a short book. It's actually, no. He He says that so many times. It was it was hilarious. I, I loved seeing it seeing the word actually because I knew it was gonna end in no. So I'm all alone. Actually, no. You'll be here with me. And, and like blah blah blah. It, it was 
great. I loved that. It was so fun. So I think that's going to wrap up everything I have to say about The Toll, the third book in the Ark of a Scythe series. Hey, and uh, before I go, I just wanted to say that it was really, really good to see an AI story where the AI doesn't go crazy and try and murder everybody and just continues to love and want to help everybody and go Grayson at the end, you know, mic dropping on the uh, the Thunderhead when he says, hey, are you ever going to forgive humanity? Well, eventually. Then I'll eventually I'll forgive you too. <sighs> Crush the transceiver. That was so great. Thanks for listening, everybody. You know, thanks to David Hillowitz for the intro and outro music. If you have any questions or comments or books you want me to read, you know, send them or the name of them to libromancypod at gmail.com. Working on my calendar, of course. It's always a work in progress because life is usually getting in the way of what I can and can't read. So, you know, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Leave a review. really helps out. And remember to reverberate with the magic of books. Music.